Becoming One podcast. We are Brad and Kate. In our more than 20 years of marriage, we've survived both dark times and experienced restoration. Now, as a licensed marriage counselor and relationship coaches, we help couples to regain hope and joy. We invite you to journey with us as we are still becoming one. Let's start the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Still Becoming One. We are excited that you are here today. We are going to be talking about seven different ways that you can prioritize your marriage. We always talk about how important it is that your spouse knows that they are a priority in your life. But once we get down to it, it's hard to actually figure out what does that mean? We, we can say it really easily. It's hard to figure out what it means. I think that's true. I think if you think over your, the last week of your life and think, just think about the priorities, like what what is taking the main priority in your week? And of course, there can always be things that are not regular and would be, you know, not a common theme, but what are the things you prioritize in your life and in your marriage? Because I think that just as like we can go to a financial coach and they can tell us to write down all the things that we spent for the week so we can really see where we're putting our resources. I think if you look back over your calendar, you can actually see where you're putting the resource of your time and how is that impacting your marriage? And I know that we are constantly having this conversation because there are just so many things that are vying for our time yeah. and, uh, life is constantly evolving and changing. And so we have to like relook at priorities all the time. Absolutely. And so today we're going to be talking about seven practical ways that you can start to prioritize mm-hmm. your marriage, to start to choose your marriage. Mm-hmm. I will say they're practical. They're not easy. Mm-hmm. And that's what we found is over and over again, the world, the life we live, even church pulls at us to deprioritize our marriage, mm-hmm. to, to put other things first. That's coming from two, two church staffers. Like, that's not the church's heart, but there's always, always, always more people in need at church at any given time. And yeah. so, it, you know, you could spend 24-7 there no matter what church you go to. If, if you could give that amount of time. So, yeah, so these things aren't easy, but I think once you start to do them regularly, they become more part of your habits of prioritizing. Um, but I will say for us, like, not only did I say we're constantly having these conversations, they're probably still a leading cause of conflict, too. Sure. As we navigate life, we have four teenagers who would love for us to say, yes to absolutely everything in life. They would love to be doing 50 million things. Um, and so we're constantly rethinking those. And and that one actually, what I was just talking about with our teenagers, that actually brings us to the first one, and that is actually learning to say no. And I know you've all heard this. When we say no to one thing, we're actually saying yes to another. Mm-hmm. And that is very true. But saying no is hard. Yes feels so much better in so many ways. But when we can actually decide, like, that's actually not something I can do right now, that 
is a really important step and yes towards your family and then ultimately towards mm-hmm. your marriage. And let's make the distinction. There's prioritizing your family and prioritizing your marriage. Your marriage. They're not always the same thing. Right. And, and here's the reality. Um, while you may say that your marriage is a priority, it is probably something that does not often go on your calendar. And so then mm. somebody says, oh, can you come to this meeting? Or, oh, you know, I'd love to get breakfast or, you know, all these kind of things. And you look at your calendar and you say, yes, what you are actually saying no to may be time with your spouse. And it, it is important to just prioritize and block off some time and, and to really think through how your energy is going to flow in this way of, making sure that your spouse has time for each other and Mm -hmm. energy for each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just practicing the gift of no is a gift to yourself. It's a gift to others. One of the other things that I, on the flip side, try to do, especially since we're in ministry, we are often asking people for a yes. And I will tell you, it has been a discipline for me when someone says no to respect it, to Mm. honor it, and say, thank you for considering. I completely understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Because there's another side of it. We're building a culture of wanting our leaders to tell us when something is completely outside of their capacity. So just know that uh, when you receive a no from someone when there's an ask, that your response that kind of wells up in you um, is about you. And I've had to kind of deal with that. Like when I hear the no, what am I dealing with? Am I dealing with feeling like rejected or um, whatever it is? And I've tried to really honor their no and say, thank you. We appreciate you considering. Yep. Um, we'll keep you in mind in future or whatever, but to not guilt someone into plowing over their own boundary. Doing one more thing. Sure. Yeah. All right, so the first one is learning to say no, such an important topic. Number two is allowing your kids to do one activity at a time. Yeah, that's been a fun a fun one. Um, when our kids were little, this was so easy. I, I do not miss the toddler stage necessarily, but I do miss we were home every single night of the week. Everybody was bed by 7, 7.30. And I mean, we had snot everywhere and toys everywhere. So life was totally different. But there was a slow pace to life at night that I I really enjoyed. And that's not to say your kids only do things in the evening, but that does tend to be the majority of the case. But we have really, I don't even know who we learned this principle from, but we learned it early and have very much stuck to it with the occasional yes to something that feels like it's uh, on a temporary basis while a child is doing another activity. And um, yeah, it has, I believe it has protected our family and and done really good things for our family and for our marriage, which is where we're going here. Um, So pretty much just to, just to clarify. So pretty much when our kids have said yes to, you know, youth soccer, that means they say no to some other things that they may mm-hmm. enjoy, that they have to prioritize one thing in a season. Yeah. that's And I think that's a good distinction if they were running at the same time. Like, obviously, we have one kiddo who plays a sport 
every season high school now, but he plays a sport every season and that's fine because it they're one at a time. Right. But actually when they were younger, we sometimes said, Hey, actually with that specific kiddo, he, we said pick two, like yep. pick two, you know, um, a year kind of thing. to a year because, uh, his older brother did one and we were just like, it's, we're, we're overwhelmed. It's just too much. And, um, you know, I don't want to, obviously this is a controversial issue and mm-hmm. I think this is going to mm-hmm. raise a lot of emotions, but I got to be honest with you. Um, our kids are talented. Mm-hmm. Like they're not, uh, yeah, they have these talents, but the likelihood of them becoming these professional athletes or performers yeah. are pretty slim. Absolutely. And so for us then, it is a commitment and it is fun for them and it is part of their social life and the start of their high school and whatnot. So it is important to us, but we also, for us, it has been a priority to keep it within those confines. And and I'm sure people listening will know if you may be the family, you may know families that they have swimming lessons for their kids and then piano lessons and then um, acting lessons and then, you know, karate and, you know, they're doing four or five things. So they're running around mm-hmm. every day having their kids at amazing activities. And while that may prioritize your kid, it's certainly not prioritizing your marriage. Well, and I think it's important to remember, like, we're not saying you can't choose that. We're saying that pay, that, that has a cost. a cost to it. And, we just, our marriage is so important to us. Our children seeing that mm-hmm. our marriage is so important mm-hmm. to us is just uh, not worth the cost to us. Yeah. And as I said, us keeping in perspective, like they're most likely not going to become professionals at yeah. that. Um, we did have one kiddo who was doing a sport that looked like at the time, potentially there could be scholarships involved. And we did get on board with, like, should we get some private lessons for that one sport? Um, and had that conversation with our kiddo. He did not decide to pursue that as hard as he potentially could have. But it's not like we were like, you know, people were knocking at our door saying, your son has a great amount of talent. And we were like, sorry, no. So we did pursue things when it looked like it was a potential, but we still did them within what would work. Sure. So that we could continue to prioritize our marriage. Our marriage. Okay, so number three is that we are very intentional to talk to each other about other commitments, outside commitments. It, and this is this is a mm-hmm. little bit challenging for a lot of people, right? Because Oh, it's gonna be challenging for us too. That this Let's comes be right, that's true. That this comes very quickly with that say no thing, right? So you know, people will approach one of us about, oh, can you can you do this? Can you come here? Can you, you know, add this activity, like those kind of things. And we are usually very intentional to slow down and say, you know, I need to check with Kate about that. Or Kate will say, she needs to check with me about that. And we're, we want to make the point here. We are not asking each other for permission to do this. We're looking at as a place of, hey, we're, we're considering adding this new commitment. Mm-hmm. How do we 
how do we work our time around that? How do we build into that? And it's whether that works, whether or not, if it's a one-time thing or a very rare thing or something um, that you're trying to add to the schedule. And I, I can honestly say, it's not like if I look at the calendar and know the kids are doing something and your time is committed, then it is more of a perspective of, yes, I could do that, but I always come and talk to you. Hey, so mm-hmm. you're going to be doing this. So I'm going to meet with this person just kind sure. of to let you know, like there's that level of communication. But then if I know that's free time for us, it's let me check with Brad and just make sure that works for us. And, you know, cause then he and I get to have the conversations of, can, can we handle that? Is that, is that, um, yeah, something we can do during this time? Do we think that will be overwhelming? Mm-hmm. Do we think, you know, all of those things. And it just helps us to have that conversation outside of it and not, yeah. Yeah. Not, not have it and then come and have the conflict because we haven't actually thought about different things or, or whatnot. Right. So, yeah. So just talking about other commitments together before you give a hard fast. Sure. Yeah, we'll do that or whatever kind of thing. And for me, like that actually looks like if I have a work type meeting that gets added to my schedule in a non-normal work time, I'm usually talking to Kate about that before I accept it. So just recently, somebody approached me about doing something on a Wednesday night. I usually am not working Wednesday night. And I we did. We came and had a conversation about it and said, hey, this Wednesday I'm asked to do here. Let's juggle some things. Is, does this sound like it would work? right? And so we we have a conversation about those non-normal days. And guys, we all know how quickly that stuff happens, that Mm -hmm. somebody says, oh, can you just do this? And we say yes before we really even think through the consequences. And that's prioritizing your marriage. Yeah. The next one is when one or both of us are feeling like we haven't had enough time together, we figure out how to find the time. That's pretty just self-explanatory, and it's uh, been a learning process and still a still can be a touchy topic because I'll be honest, like we are we are constantly, even today, having conversations of our capacity and what we're outputting and how much can we handle. Um, so these topics can often feel like a personal sort of, mm-hmm. hey, I don't feel like we have enough time together. Oh. You know, like it can feel like an attack. Right. Uh, and that's the key here is that we really try to prioritize and say that if we're feeling low on time, we are fighting the calendar and the time, not each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I know that Kate wants to spend the time with me and I, mm-hmm. she knows that I want to spend the time with her. We're trying to try to figure out how to carve it out. Mm-hmm. These are a good reminder for us too, as we go through them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it it's it is important because it is easy to fight each other in that, right? Mm-hmm. How many times have we kind of felt that like we miss each other and it ends up coming out in this way of, you know, why aren't we finding time or like you never want this it, rather than really working towards each other and saying how do we make sure to make each other a priority. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, quality time, find time together, figure out how you against the calendar. The next one is uh, decide what your evenings look like at home together. 
And I just think that is such a good thing of, and has changed for us through the stages oh of goodness, yeah. when our kids were little, what was that going to look like? And now we have those conversations and now we have teenagers who want to hang out with us, which right. is actually a huge blessing. But sometimes you're just kind of like, uh, okay, sure. Like that wasn't necessarily what I had planned together. But um, so that's why you find it's really good to touch base mm-hmm. on that. Maybe just kind of on a weekly basis. I'm not sure we do well, it on a nightly basis, but. But I'll even say that there's a lot of couples who have conflict in this area. And and I, I'll tell you exactly how it happens is there's an expectation kind of unspoken that we're going to spend the evening together. Maybe it's a quiet evening, a down evening. And one of you will be finishing up a task. And maybe it's putting a kid to bed. Maybe it's a work task. You know, one of you will be finishing up a task and the other will look at that one and go, oh, I thought we were spending time together, but I guess we're not. So fine, I'll go do my thing and you start doing something else. And then that one first person finishes their tasks, looks at the other going, oh, well, you're now doing something. And, and it spirals, right? Mm-hmm. And now before you know it, you're in two different rooms doing two different things at the time that you had said that you were going to spend time together. Hmm. And yeah. I've seen that fight happen over and over and over again. And it's just learning to say, hey, when you're done with that, let's spend time or, you know, and figuring out how to navigate through those things rather than the default of spending time apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. The next one we uh, have is serve together. And this is one we've been pretty passionate about. I would say since our kids are older, I would say when they were younger, we found this a little bit difficult Mm because I do think churches, including our home church, like need such help in kids ministry. And you and I were just on different pages about where we would want to do that and what capacity. Um, But I think as soon as we could and marriage ministry became a thing for us, we found a way to serve in our local church in that area. So if serving in Kidsmen or, or, and maybe it's not even at your church, maybe it's at a local organization that you can volunteer with, but that you two get to do it together. It's huge. It just really gives you something to bond over that, uh, is serving the Lord, but like you get to have conversations about what it's like to serve in that area. Like it's just, not only is it biblical and amazing to do together, I think it just helps you to have an area of your life that you might not prioritize otherwise because life is just so busy. Yes, exactly right. And, and serving together is just an amazing gift. It's, Mm -hmm. it just helps you be focused outward sometimes and Mm -hmm. and is a wonderful thing. So there's no here, there's no guideline of how often I would say, try to keep it fairly regularly. Like maybe it's only once a month for you, if that's Mm -hmm. what you can do. Um, But yeah, it's gives you an opportunity to figure that out. And I Mm -hmm. do think commonly people do pick their church because then your kids are involved somewhere and you can actually have that free time. Sure. If you have kids. Um, but even beyond, I mean, we're getting to the launching phase and I still want to make sure that we're serving places together. So I feel like in every stage, there's a way to figure it out in some Absolutely. capacity. Absolutely. It's yeah. definitely a challenge when your kids are little, I would right. say. But yeah. And then number seven. This is the one you guys will hear us talk about over and over again. And it's just. Dates and getaways is kind of how we phrased it for this, but 
you know, just finding that time that doesn't have kids, if you have kids, family, friends, doesn't have them involved. So this right. is really focused on the two of you, whatever that looks like. I know some people don't like dates and they say that doesn't work for us. Cool. But what would you call it and where are you prioritizing right. the time? So we, we did a whole episode. It was actually episode three on called Where Is the Time Gone? Where we were talking about, you know, having dates and all those kind of things. So really good principles there. But one of the things, you know, we talked all through this time about how important it is to to wrestle mm-hmm. with your calendar and things like that. And guys, if if your marriage never shows up on your calendar, it's not going to be prioritized. And this is one place that it could mm-hmm. is we're going on a date on this night. Um, and maybe it's once a month, maybe it's once a week, you mm-hmm. know, but if you know that is on your calendar, it is really easy when somebody says, oh, can you do this to look in your calendar and go, oh, no, I'm busy that night. Mm-hmm. Because that is honest. You are busy that night. You are taking time for your spouse and that counts. So just having that on your calendar can be a real gift. Yeah. And I think obviously the getaways we've talked about, that's a little bit more extensive, but we are just big encouragers of that. When you can even get out of your environment, uh, kids or no kids, like that is actually a really healthy thing. Um, We call them resets, I think, and they're opportunities for that to happen within your marriage. Just getting out of your element and being able to focus on just the two of you is just going to prioritize your marriage. It's going to bless your marriage. It's going to be a positive no matter what. And so, yeah, so we kind of group those two together. So those are just seven ways that we actually actively live out to prioritize our marriage. Um, We'd love to hear if there are things that you do on a constant, like something that you've learned to practice that has really helped your marriage to feel like it is a priority and rejuvenate it. Um, Yeah, share those things. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, we'll be back next time with more. Still Becoming One is a production of Aldrich Ministries. For more information about Brad and Kate's coaching ministry, courses, and speaking opportunities, you can find us at aldrichministries.com. For podcast show notes and links to resources in all of our social media, be sure to visit us at stillbecomingone.com. And don't forget to like this episode wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us to continue your journey on Still Becoming One.